Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I'm a little sad right now, y'all. I just got back from the airport. I just dropped my mom off literally like an hour ago. I just got back to the house and I'm recording the podcast. It is 8.46 on Tuesday night, so obviously the podcast is going to be a little late today. But I had no choice. I had to see my mother off. And then we had some last minute errands that we needed to run today, including a lunch, a very fabulous lunch in Rosebank with one of my friends. Um, He hit me up and was like, I have to meet your mom. (laughs) When I say friend, I like legit mean friend, not like somebody I'm dating. It's a guy I met, gosh, over 10 years ago, the first time I came to South Africa and we stayed in touch. But he was like, your mom is here. He was like, I need to see dear mom. So we had a great lunch, and then afterward, we did a little shopping. For her final adventure, we went on this rooftop, not so far from my house. It's the rooftop of a hotel called the Leonardo Alto 234, I think is the name of it. But it's the highest rooftop bar in Africa. It's on the 50th floor, which my mom had no issue going to. She wouldn't go to the top of Table Mountain because she said she was afraid of heights. And I was like, since when? And she was like, since after I turned 50? And I was like, I'm not even arguing with this. Okay. But we went on the rooftop. We had champagne and dessert. It was really a gorgeous view and a wrap up to a very wonderful vacation for her. But it was really fun to have her here. Over the weekend, we went to Cape Town, Saturday to Monday, and we ran all over Cape Town. I've had a bucket list of things that I wanted to do. One of them going to Robben Island where Nelson Mandela was in prison for 18 of his 27-year prison stint. And then we went out on a catamaran, went to amazing restaurants, did amazing shopping, saw amazing views. Cape Town's one of my favorite places. I think I'm going to, I don't know if relocate is the right word, but I'm going to go there for a bit. I'm only in South Africa until May, but I really, really, really enjoy Cape Town. So I want to spend a little bit more time there. I'm actually going back in what, two weeks? And I'll probably stay a couple weeks, at least a week when I go back. So yeah. Okay. Now I feel better. I just had to get that out. (sighs) We have much exciting news to discuss this week. Most of it about the Oscars. A couple of things I wanted to clean up. Last week's episode, it's not really a cleanup because I said, I don't think Charlemagne called him a bitch. Charlemagne, in fact, did not call Will Smith a bitch, as Chris Rock said in his special. I didn't think that was something Charlemagne would say. I'm glad I gave him the benefit of the doubt. It's always better to give someone more grace and be wrong about thinking they're better than they are. 
than to give them less grace and sound like an asshole. So I'm glad I gave him benefit of the doubt because he did not do it. He said that Chris Rock had been on tour and Charlemagne went to see him and Chris Rock did the joke about everybody called Will Smith a bitch. And he specifically said when Charlemagne was in the audience, he said the Breakfast Club called him a bitch. Charlemagne called him a bitch. And Charlemagne was like, I could have corrected him, but I really just wanted him to name drop me in the special. And I was like, is that the journalist in me that just really like the inaccuracy of that would drive me up a wall? I mean, if I call you a bitch, I call you a bitch. But if I didn't call you a bitch, I don't want to be accused of calling you a bitch. You know, my mouth can be reckless, but I'm like, if I said it, I said it. But if I didn't, goddammit, I didn't. Hmm. I still haven't seen this Marlon Wayans special either. I got rid of HBO, I think after, was it after Insecure? Is there anything really good on HBO right now that I should be watching? Other than Marlon Wayans special. I, I love Marlon Wayans. I'm not reactivating my HBO account just for Marlon Wayans. I'm sorry. If you give me two things, I'll go back. But I'm, I'm not doing that just for Marlon. I'm sorry. Kind of. But this Marlon Wayans special, apparently, because I saw a couple clips, but apparently Marlon Wayans spends a significant amount of time talking about Chris Rock and Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and his own interpretation of, of the events at last year's Oscars and the events that led up to them. Apparently he's fucking hilarious. Okay, maybe I'll give in and watch it because everyone their mom is talking about it. But people keep sending me clips and no one says, oh my God, you got to watch this. So is it a must-see? If it's a must-see, tell me. I'll, I'll reactivate HBO. I'll watch Marlon Wayans. And then I'll watch the reboot of Sex in the City just to watch Nicole Ari Parker. Who has been looking fabulous lately. And that's not to say she didn't look utterly fabulous before. But she didn't just put some extra stank on it as of late. She was either in Paris or Italy. I don't know. But she was in full couture. She looked fucking amazing. I'm low-key obsessed with her. She's the black Carrie Bradshaw that I always wanted when Sex and the City was on the air. I said as much publicly. And then she slid in my DMs and was like, thanks, sis. I met her a few times. She's very sweet. A normal And I mean that in the most complimentary way ever. She's just like a regular person who happens to be on TV, but like very, very normal. Very, very like extroverted as well. Boris is a little more introverted. Like he can turn it on, but he's a very simmering type of temperament, which is not bad. I'm not critiquing. I'm just making an observation. I can't wait until it just like that comes back. I follow a couple accounts that are all about sex in the city fashion. So they stalk the filming of the show in New York. And they post the outfits. And sometimes when they're posting the outfits, they give away what appears to be significant character details. One of them being seemingly Aiden is back. I was like, is this a flashback? Is this a dream sequence? What is Aiden doing here? He yelled at her. You broke my heart. She wouldn't even wear his engagement ring. She put it on her necklace. That's how bad she didn't want to marry that man. Because she was in love with somebody else. But I was like, Aiden's back? I kind of want Aiden to have more self-respect. I mean, it's been at least, what, like 10, 20 years. I guess people's mindsets change. You forgive things that you might not usually. (sighs) I don't know. I don't think I want her with Aiden, though. I think I want her with a new, fresh character. Some sort of hybrid between Aiden and Big. An A.B. hybrid. I actually wrote about this exact scenario in my very first book, A Bell in Brooklyn. I think there's a chapter about A.B. hybrids. A for alpha, B for beta. The ideal man being a hybrid of the two. Strong enough to embrace his masculine side, but vulnerable enough to be, you know, vulnerable and nurturing and emotionally available. Those sorts of things. I don't know if I put it quite in those terms. I don't think we had the term emotionally available at the time. Or I didn't know it if we did. Anyway, good black news. There's a lot of it this week. Most of it involving the Oscars. Actually, let me correct myself. Most of it involving 
the fashion at the Oscars and the Oscars after parties, but not necessarily. There weren't a lot of black wins at the Oscars, just one. But that's not how we're starting good black news. We're starting by acknowledging that a new potential owner for BET has entered the chat. Our friend Love, or Diddy, or Puffy, or P. Diddy, whatever his name, Sean Combs. Sean Combs is also looking to purchase BET. I was like, really? Really? He already has Revolt. I could see him doing something with BET. I could see him doing something with BET. He personally has had good shows. I mean, they were entertaining. They gave one-liners for days. Made them poor children walk across the Brooklyn Bridge for cheesecake. That was some good cheesecake, though. Still, I can see Diddy over BET. I'm not mad at that. I love that there are three black people who can viably entertain buying the network. I wish there was a black woman in there, too. I guess Oprah said she had enough with OWN. She sold most of her stake in OWN, didn't she? I guess she's tired of having a network. I imagine it's a lot of work. But good for Diddy. Love. His little daughter, the new one. How old is Love now? Like five months, six months, if that. Just as cute as she could be. Diddy looks very content with her. I don't know if we've ever seen him. And maybe because social media didn't really exist like that when the other children were very young. Even the girls. They're what, 15, 16? Instagram didn't really get pop until 2011. He wouldn't have been able to post a bunch of pictures of them because literally the technology didn't exist. But he posts baby love at least two, three times a week. Just as cute as she could be. (sighs) The Oscars. Let's start with good news. Ruth Carter did win for Best Costume Design. This is her second Oscar. She is the first black woman to receive, win, earn, correct word, earn two Oscars. Um, So congratulations to her. I thought that was kind of crazy that in the year of our Lord, 2023, only one black woman has two Oscars. I was like, how many white people have more than one Oscar? I know it's not a common thing to get more than one, but, but still, I was just like, no black woman has put up a performance more than once that the Academy finds fit to acknowledge as worthy of, of two Oscars? Really? And the person that has two, and this is no shade to Ruth whatsoever, but the person who gets two to a costume designer, but not, a, but not an actress. Really? Really. But the costumes for Wakanda Forever, a.k.a. Black Panther 2, were pretty fantastic. I think her first Oscar is for the costumes for Black Panther 1. She's been around forever and a day, She did the costumes for damn near every Spike Lee movie, including Malcolm X. All those zoot suits and all that stuff, Ruth Carter. She did the costumes for I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. I know it's not like the greatest film ever. However, remember the pimp with like the goldfish in his shoes? Ruth Carter. I believe she did the costumes for School Days, too. Double check that. I went to a Ruth Carter exhibit, FIT in Atlanta. Not FIT. SCAD in Atlanta had a... Ruth Carter exhibition a few years ago and the costumes were just like to see them on screen is one thing but you don't always see all the details the costumes from the Black Panther movie because they didn't have the ones for the second film yet it wasn't out but the costumes for Black Panther one like to see the details up close it might just look black on screen but when you get close to it it has like all these etchings and designs in it Ruth Carter and her team she's not a one-woman show but um, they did their damn thing on the costume. So very much congratulations to Ruth Carter. She earned, she earned that award and actually received it. There are other people that earn shit that they don't, they don't always get the acknowledgement they deserve. Angela Bassett. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My forthcoming commentary on Angela Bassett, just to be clear, it's not just about Wakanda forever. It's about Angela Bassett's career of work that has never been properly acknowledged by the Academy. She is one of the best working actresses of any color. She happens to be black. The Academy just will not properly acknowledge her. Like most people, I'm still befuddled how she didn't get an Oscar for what's love got to do with it. Like she became Tina Turner. Like the spirit of Tina, who is still alive, by the way, but the spirit of Tina jumped across the Atlantic. Doesn't she live in Switzerland? She's been over there for a minute, but jumped across the Atlantic and into Angela Bassett. She transformed her body. She transformed her look. She went to places that I didn't even know at the time that she could go as an actress. That was one of the first roles where like, they gave her her meat. She played Betty Shabazz and Malcolm X, which was amazing. And then she played Coretta Scott King too. To be 110% with you, I don't think Waiting to Exhale is that great of a movie. I recognize its cultural significance, especially at the time that it came out. I love Terry McMillan. I think she's an amazing fucking writer. She's one of my idols. But Waiting to Exhale didn't really hold up well over time. It's iconic because of when it came out and the cultural impact that it had and the women that starred in it. And it's got a bunch of great one-liners. But overall, don't think it's the greatest movie. That said, I think Angela Bassett... When she tore through that man's closet and then lit his car on fire, I was like, is this not an Oscar-worthy performance? This can't get a nomination? Something? No. I was really sad for her that she didn't win. And I think that's okay to say. What I don't think it's okay to say is to drag Jamie Lee Curtis for winning. 
I didn't see the film that she won for, so I can't make a comparison between Angela Bassett's role and Jamie Lee Curtis's role. Jamie Lee Curtis has had like at least like a 40, maybe 50 year career, and she's also never had an Oscar. She's a white woman in America. Plenty of people be rushing to her defense to declare why she deserves to have what she deserves. And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it. I just, I'm not going to focus on her. Because she's like a white lady. There's like all of America's coming to rescue her. Angela Bassett? I'm not so sure. I heard about her response. Angela Bassett. I heard about her response to Jamie Lee Curtis winning before I saw it. From what I heard, from what I was reading, like people were saying that, oh, Angela Bassett's a sore loser. These are obviously like white publications, but they're saying Angela Bassett was a sore loser and like her reaction was so disgraceful. And, you know, she's an actress, so she should have acted happy. And I was like, like, what happened? I'm thinking Angela Bassett done, you know, thrown up two middle fingers or got up and stormed out the theater because she was upset she didn't win. And then I finally saw the clip. She didn't do anything. The camera is on the five women who are up for the award and Jamie Lee Curtis name is called and she looks in shock and she jumps up and two other women on the screen like start hollering and clapping because they're super excited. But there's Angela Bassett and then there's the woman who's literally below her on the screen. They don't really react. They have no reaction whatsoever. I didn't find no reaction disrespectful. Like would it have been nice if if they clapped and, and cheered? I don't know, maybe he had the reaction that Taraji had when Regina King won one of her awards. That would have been awesome, sure, if that's how they felt. But she was obviously disappointed. But she didn't grimace. She didn't frown. Literally, she just had no reaction. Folks are really blowing her non-reaction out of proportion. She literally didn't do anything. Also, I think the expectation that Angela Bassett is supposed to be, I don't know, joyful over being passed over again for, for one of her roles that displays her best work. You want her to be happy about that shit? Why? Why is that the expectation? And why is it the expectation of her? Because the other white woman who didn't have a reaction, I've seen zilch about her not having a reaction. I've seen nothing about that lady not having a reaction. And I don't think she needed to either. If she got up and stormed out, I'd be the first one to be like, come on, keep it classy. That's not right. She threw up two middle fingers. I'd be like, hey, this, this is the Oscars, not the Source Awards. She didn't have a reaction. Literally, her face didn't move. She's a sore loser. She's disappointed. She's a human with a range of emotions. Disappointment to not winning something is is a normal and understandable and human response. People are like, why didn't she act? Do you want people to fake it or you want people to keep it real? Pick, pick, pick one. Pick one. Because you can't seem to decide. Also disappointing, but nobody made a big deal about it. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, i.e. Paperboy. I didn't see the film that he was up for. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which I kept forgetting. Like, I kept thinking about Angela Bassett, and then I thought about Ryan Coogler, Timms, and Rihanna. They were nominated for Best Song for writing Lift Me Up. I kept forgetting about Brian Tyree Henry. He's an amazing actor. This won't be his first or last Oscar nod. I guess we need to speak about Timms, Rihanna, and Ryan Coogler. Let's start with Rihanna. She performed at the Oscars. I thought she sounded great. I've seen other people have a different type of commentary about that. I thought she sounded great. I thought she looked wonderful. Um, her gown was a very Rihanna-type gown. I, I let Rihanna be. Madame's voice has come a long, long way, as it's supposed to. It's one thing if you sounded not so great and then you sound great. That's progress. If you used to sound good and now you sound like shit, 
You know who I'm talking about. I'm not, I don't have to name her. You know who I'm talking about, whose voice, whose voice just left her. You know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name her, though. I'm team Rihanna. She's one of those people that just, to me, like, can't really do much wrong. It's like Rihanna, Lori Harvey, her mama, and right now, Sabrina Elba. We'll get to her in a second. Because honey, she looked fucking amazing. In both outfits. She had an Oscar outfit and a Vanity Fair outfit. Sabrina has been looking so amazing that I don't even focus on Idris when she's in pictures with him. I'm all about Sabrina. I was like, how did this happen? I'm glad it happened. I so wanted Sabrina, so wanted Sabrina to be like Amal Clooney. And not like, you know, do exactly what she does. But I wanted Idris Elba because he's our George Clooney. I really wanted him to get this dope woman who was like beautiful and smart and dressed her ass off and was just like this magical negress type woman. I really wanted that. And when they got married, I ain't see it. Clearly he had a vision. Stabby just needed to step into the role because now she's there. And I was like, you are what I've always wanted. Her and Nicole Ari Parker. Sammy's on my can't do no wrong list. Like she's consistently killing it. You make me look at you instead of look at your husband. How? How? But she does. We talked about Rihanna. Ryan Coogler stays under the radar. I don't even know if I saw a picture of him at the Oscars. I know it was there. Tim's. I like Tim's. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm, I'm genuinely saying I like Tim. She wore... A beautiful white gown. I was going to call it a concoction, but that wasn't what it was. If I said it that way, people would think I'd be in shady. I'm not. She wore a beautiful white gown that had a very dramatic shoulder headpiece hood situation going on. It's like a little cloud, right? On the red carpet, it looked absolutely beautiful. And to be honest, her sitting in the Oscars in this dramatic white gown, it was very much giving me wedding energy in the best way. She actually looked beautiful sitting there too. Like she stood out, which was the whole point. Much ado has been made of her her gown and the elaborateness of it blocking the people who were sitting behind her. And when I say much, I mean much. Like people have really been dragging it. Get a grip. Get a grip. Yes, her gown was inconsiderate to the people sitting behind her. She probably should have had a way to take the, the headpiece, shoulder piece off so that it wouldn't block the people behind her. Or she should have changed into another gown, which is what a lot of people do when they do something very elaborate on the red carpet. I'm acknowledging, yes, she should have done that. The way people are dragging this shit, you would have think she got up and slapped somebody in the middle of the Oscars. It's not that serious. It's a fashion faux pas. It was, it was socially incorrect. It was inconsiderate. I'll give you that. But the way people are dragging her, no. No. I'm sorry. No. She doesn't deserve all that. It's not that serious, people. The way people are acting about her in this gown, you would have thought they were sitting behind her at the Oscars. The woman or man or whoever was sitting behind her and they couldn't see the damn show because of her situation, they can have rightful beef. Everyone else? Get over yourselves. Seriously, get over yourselves. Also, this is the petty in me. Or maybe it's just like the black power in me. I kind of delighted in the fact of this black woman, a brown black woman at that, sitting in the middle of the Oscars in this like celestial type halo situation, looking every bit of unbothered. I like the black woman taking up space of it all and the unbotheredness. I'm here to get something. 
if it's not an Oscar, it's going to be some attention. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be something. But I'm leaving here with some sort of moment. That was her moment. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I condone it. I'm not even saying I understand. I'm just saying. I kind of liked it. The extravagance of it all. The I don't give a fuck of it all. Just, I don't know. Black women sometimes care too much. We do. We be considerate for everybody, thinking about everybody, what everybody else needs and blah, blah, blah. I like that she just sat there looking like a whole celestial being. Sitting in a cloud. Unbothered. It was very Madonna. But not like as in like like a virgin Madonna. I mean like archetype Madonna. Like Madonna and child. Put a little baby on her hip. For like show. It, it would definitely be Madonna and child. Like Mother Mary imagery. I'm just... Halle Berry. She showed up to the Oscars. We ain't seen Halle Berry in a month of Sundays. Like I saw her and I was like, oh, hey, Halle. You know, she's one of those people. It's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind. I think she's very relevant. I don't know what her latest project is, but she's like MF Halle Berry. But she showed up looking fucking fantastic. Body, dress, gorgeous. Had a nice looking man on her arm too. The hair was fine. I didn't like that it fell in her face because like Halle Berry has like one of those like classic faces. And I was like, I just want to see all of the face. That was the only minor change I would have made to her appearance. But like, I think she looked fucking phenomenal. Even with a little bit of hair in her face, like 10. She's MF Halle Berry. And it was much better. Remember the year she clearly wore a wig on the red carpet and then kept trying to convince us that it was her hair. And we were like, Halle, 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 sis, big sis, stop playing with us. We know a wig when we see a wig says, stop it. Stop it. Oh, this is a good moment. We're going to talk about that Sierra outfit in a minute. Sierra's another one. I don't think she could do wrong. I kind of like women who people pile on a lot. I identify with that. That's part of the attraction to that short list of women I said earlier. People who can do no wrong. I would want somebody to stand up for me if people just came for my ass for like no fucking reason. Which they do sometimes. But um, we'll talk about Sierra in a second. I want to acknowledge Jonathan Majors, especially. I think he's, I think he's just the bee's knees. I think he's just an absolutely excellent guy. At least the persona. You never know what people do behind doors. He could be like fucking crazy. But the persona that he gives off in public seems very genuine. We all do know he's a great actor. It's either a great act or he's just a great guy. Hopefully it's both. But Angela Bassett lost... I think this happened right after Angela Bassett lost. But Michael B. Jordan and and Jonathan Majors, Creed co-stars, came out during the awards. And the first thing they said, they were walking to the, they got to the front of the stage. And Michael B. Jordan said, hey, auntie, which is an obvious reference to his line and role in Black Panther. And Jonathan Majors followed up and said, we love you. And he had like a little "Mm mm-hmm at the end of it. I don't know how y'all feel, but I know how we feel. And we, as in, not just them two, but the collective blackness that they were speaking for in that moment. And I was like, thank you. Give, give her some flowers. Give her something from the stage. Because Lord knows she deserves it. I appreciated that nice moment of them showing up for her. I also saw an article this morning on The Root. And it was based on Michael B. Jordan saying, hey, auntie. And it was talking about how black women, some black women, don't like to be called auntie. And I was like, how, how, how did y'all miss that? Like, even if she didn't like to be called auntie in general, because there are black women who don't prefer it. Like Gail King and, and Oprah and, and Ava DuVernay have publicly said, like, stop calling me auntie. Like, I'm not your aunt. 
which is fine. I respect folks how they want to be addressed. But I just thought that was just really weird that The Root would like write that knowing that there's a correlation between Michael B. Jordan and Angela Bassett. Like literally it's a line from a movie where he played her nephew. <laughs> Last but not least, Sierra and Russell went to, I believe the, the pictures from the Vanity Fair Oscar party. Sierra has on a dress that is see-through, completely sheer. You can't quite see her nips. She has some sort of covering on them. You can see she has on black underwear underneath. Sierra is a beautiful woman. Sierra has a beautiful figure. Very athletic, very in shape. I didn't think it was the most flattering dress. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because people have lost their minds. They're acting like she sat at the Oscars with a big dress on. Or, you know, she was nominated for an award that she didn't win and didn't change her face. People are flipping out over Sierra in this dress. And the flip out is largely based on she's a married woman. It's disrespectful to her family. It's disrespectful to her man for her to come out like this. It's disrespectful to her children. Her daughter is going to grow up and see these pictures. She's a bad mother. She's a bad role model. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Some folks make being married sound like you in a goddamn prison. You get married and now you can't wear what you want to wear? Or you need to get your husband's permission to wear an outfit? Really? Really? Maybe don't listen to me. Like, I didn't stay married very long. Trying to tell me what I could and could not wear was one of the issues that came up. But I was like, if Sierra wants to show her whole ass, like, she's an adult. She doesn't need permission from her husband or his approval to put on clothes or lack thereof. Like, she can make a fucking decision about what she wants to wear. He cannot like it, too. That's fine. He's entitled to that. But the idea that, like, did Russell approve this? Like, is he her warden or her husband? Does he own her or is he married to her? Sometimes I don't think folks know there's a difference. Didn't love the outfit, but I think she's entitled to wear whatever she wants. I mean, as a grown woman, people, people sometimes don't make marriage sound very nice. It can be a very lovely experience. But like once you start making a husband sound like a warden or an overseer, that kind of seems to take a little of the joy out of it. Like I get married and I can't wear what I want anymore. I got to ask my husband permission. Are you serious? They were like, Russell doesn't look happy. Russell could be having stomach problems. Russell's dog could have died. He might not be happy with his shape up. Like there's so many reasons somebody could take a picture and not look overjoyed in it. Also, it's a picture. It's a moment of time. Like the man could have just sneezed. Folks want their marriage to fail so bad. And I really think it's just to be like, I told you so. I told you she wasn't worthy. I told you. Folks really think Sierra is like unworthy of him. And I'm like, based on what exactly? You don't like the way she dresses? You don't like that she was a single mother? She had a child before she was with Russell? You know, them folks been married a whole five years and folks still ain't let up on that shit about Sierra not being worthy. Five years and two kids in, folks still on their ass about she's not worthy. I just, I want that lady to dress in a goddamn moo-moo. And then if she was dressing the fucking moo-moo and he went and cheated on her, you'd be like, well, T cheated because she ain't sexy no more. She let herself go out here walking around in moo-moos and shit. It's a no win. That's why I be telling women, do what the fuck you want to do. At least you could be happy. Everybody else be pissed about however you live in your life, but you should be happy, damn it. With somebody, without somebody, find some joy. Find some goddamn joy. That's all I'm saying. All right. 
That's not everything. We're just doing the Oscars today. At some point, we need to talk about this CNN. Was it CNN story? About how like men are failing at life and they can't keep friends or relationships. Nobody wants to date them anymore. With statistics to back it up. I was like, Jesus. Is this why so many men are bad on the internet? They ain't got no friends or companionship. It would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Not all men, some men, and some loud men with a lot of free time. They'd be typing all day. All right. That's not everything, but that's what we've got. I'll be back on Friday with more Ratchet and Respectable. Talk soon. Bye.